Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Leicester uh, board have had more stick on Twitter than Jamo and uh, you, Slotty. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the latest edition of The Ruck, the rugby podcast from The Times and Sunday Times. I'm Owen Slott, Chief Rugby Correspondent of The Times. Like you, no doubt, emotionally knackered, physically destroyed at the end of a sensational Six Nations Championship. But while the championships stop, podcasts never end. And here we are with just a huge amount to talk about. Did England flatter against Scotland to deceive overall? The artist, formerly known as The Unbeaten Eddie... Should we blame him as he instructed us? Was this actually the closest, most competitive championship in recent memory? And are you anywhere nearer than I am to identifying a Lions Test hooker? Please subscribe on iTunes. You can also join the conversation by leaving your reviews. And I am joined this week by, off the early morning train from Swansea, the man possibly to rise highest above the weekly hysteria in Wales, (laughs) Steve James. Good to see you, Steve. Good to see you all. We also have the man who is closest to Mike Brearley. Sorry, the man who is closest to Dylan Hartley, the England captain. Johnny Fordham, rugby correspondent of The Sun, is back again. Good to see you, Johnny. Thank you very much, guys. And, of course, our regular luminary, oracle and lifelong campaigner for bonus points, Steve Jones. (laughs) Very good, very good. Let's start with an overview of the tournament just passed. You wouldn't get much of a highlights reel from the weekend, but that's not necessarily what it's all about. A more uncaptivating weekend of games you'd struggle to find. Obviously, I'm excluding anything involving Italy here, which is sad, but no explanation required. Uh, now, players these days can't get through a weekend without being given a mark out of 10. So, how do you rate the overall championship? I say eight. Johnny? Uh, I'd say uh, knock a mark off seven. For me, oh, I'd I'd say eight, and in that eight, bonus points had no influence whatsoever on anything. I agree with uh, Johnny, actually, yes, yeah, seven. I think, I think it was just too inconsistent, and I'm not sure any other sides will be particularly happy with how they how they played. It was competitive and close, but I'm, I'm not sure about the overall standard. I know people got excited about that, but I'm not convinced by that. I think the last weekend was a bit of a reality check, wasn't it? I mean, the France-Wales game was was brilliant in a, in the closest of the contest, but... It's brilliant, uh, brilliant after 80 minutes, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dramatic is what I'm saying, but... Um, yeah, I mean, go, going back to your point uh, you mentioned in the intro, I, I think people got too excited about the England-Scotland game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I, I thought Scotland were absolutely abysmal in that game. I mean, I think they had some misfortune, but I, I thought they totally bottled that game. I thought England were good, but uh, Scotland were, were hopeless. I From thought. England's point of view, across the board, the Scotland game was the exception rather than rule, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. No, I'm sorry I disagree. I, I, I've, I've sat there for 13 years <laughs> watching rubbish 
r- rugby. And as Cl- Clive Woodward said, they never drew- dragged you to the edge of your seat. Well, this time they did again against Scotland. And I thought, actually, Scotland are now trying to rewrite history. And now, because they beat Italy, it's now become a good season. Well, it is never a good season while you lose if you lose by 60. Yeah. And Scot- Scotland's competitiveness against the other teams suggests to me that England blew them away. And it was England's excellence as well as Scotland's, Scotland's weaknesses. And But the other thing is, in terms of class and all that sort of thing, to be a little bit careful, it was the best. Um, teams who were down came back and beat, uh, you know, the, the, the results were never um, uh, were never certain. And also on, sat- on Sunday, you watch that game again, sorry, on Saturday's game in Dublin, you watch that again in a year's time on video or in your, on your own with a glass of Lucasade, and you'll, you'll think, God, that was absolutely dreadful. But if you were there and involved in it and what was at stake, it was magnificent. It was a terrible game of rugby. There was no continuity whatsoever. My goodness, it had something else to it which, which I'll never forget. That's, that's the contest side of it, Johnny. You, what, did you think of England uh, uh, just disappointing on Saturday or, or outplayed by Ireland? Uh, both they, they they were flat they they lacked intensity it was um i think i think the occasion clearly got got to them um Eddie Jones gave it all the big ones during the week. It was he really kind of wrapped up the psychological warfare on his own players by saying this you know the 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 kind of level between greatness and failure is is minimal and you know they they failed um I, th- I think that uh, I think that was just a kind of bridge too far for them um, after everything that had happened, and he kept on kind of, you know, writing these checks and everything. The first one was, oh yeah, against France, we're going to be daring and attacking rugby. Uh, that didn't happen. You know, obviously Italy, we're going to take him to the cleaners. No, they were completely embarrassed. Ireland, yes, we'll match their intensity. They just fell flat and flat. It is interesting that we get to the end of an 18-game winning streak and and yet I agree pretty much with what you said. They have been brilliant and they have... For me, the tour of Australia in the last summer was absolutely where they really had us on the edge of yeah. our seats and were, were brilliant to watch. Uh, but but I, I but I think that the for me the Six Nations proved that um, fantastic that they've been and great though their achievement that they have that, that now is the time to move on and do something different. Well, they have to move on. But there's this there's this thing that things happen in a straight line. Not every team just by being there gets better. There's no telling. There's no. It's not definite thing will get better next year or that anyone will get worse. And they they reached a massive peak in Aust- in Australia. But you know it is no guarantee that just because Eddie's there longer or someone's a year older, that the team will suddenly become good. We might be, uh, we should have maybe savoured Australia and saying this is the best it's going to get. You just never know. So, you know, things don't happen in a straight line. England could lose a lot of games next year. We don't know. That that defeat wasn't a big shock to me, um, the way England have been playing in the, in the in this Six Nations. You know, they could have lost to France. They, they could have lost to Wales. Steve, with hindsight, I wish I'd said that before you. No, but... <laughs> Um, Can we edit that bit around so <laughs> Slotty goes in first? <laughs> I saw it coming. But no, let, let, let's be honest, and we all know how hard Grand Slams are are to win. For, for that England side to have won back-to-back Grand Slams would have been quite strange. I think. I think they're a good side, but they're you know you compare them to the 03 side, the 91, 92 side. They're not near that level. Mm. I, no. I, don't, I don't. I don't think. I think they're still the same problems in that team. That there were when Stuart Lancaster was there. 
I, what, that they can't mend problems? Well, they didn't have a coach. No, no, no. <laughs> they uh, couldn't mend problems I, I, against I, Lang- I, uh, in I, Lancaster's I, no, day. No, but I, I think the flankers are a problem. Seven is still a problem position. James Haskell did brilliantly in Australia, but, I mean, that that is still a problem position. They'll, they'll be hoping Underhill comes through, I think, this, this summer. Nine, ten, uh, when under pressure and on the back foot, they, they really struggle. Youngs and, and Ford again struggled so much with that slow ball and being on the back foot again on, on Saturday. And England needed to win that game. And Eddie Jones took George Ford off, didn't he? He ended up coming back on. But, you know, everyone talks about the two receivers, 10, 12. They're brilliant on the front foot. But all of a sudden, when he needs to win the Grand Slam, he, he takes George Ford off. I, I thought that was a hugely telling moment. I thought he was bigger than that, Steve. I mean, he, he took off 8, 9, 10... Uh, and 12. It, or, yeah. or, I mean, blimey, you, you, obviously at half time they said they've got to drive the ball up. Mm. And the, at least they should have given it a chance. They give him two minutes, then you, then you take off the the spine of your team. Th- and, yeah. and, 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 and Billy Billy didn't look match fit, though. I think they uh, No, they, he didn't. But they, I mean, they, they, they'd rushed him back in there. Well, they had. But I mean, they, they, I don't think that was the. Because the Hughes came on, they, they knew they had Hughes. If Hughes hadn't mm. been there, maybe they couldn't have started Billy. But mm. I just think, blimey, they were disrupted as anything. Then suddenly you've got a winger centre and whatnot, and it just looked it was a very very uneddy like thing I think suddenly they're going badly then they're going chaotically badly mm. I, th- I, th- I think the scoreline they were lucky with that scoreline as well yeah, it, they, it was only 13-9 yeah. actually yeah. It, it looked worse than that but that's, that says something about the team doesn't it they, they were outplayed but were, with, were within a try of, of pulling off what would have been um, quite an escape Johnny what do, you, what do you think that Dylan would make in retrospect of his championship overall I mean he has become a bit of a talking point Eddie was very clear in his his uh, tournament wrap up that uh, he's still in love with his captain and, and and nothing's going to change what would I make of it um, I, I think that he probably thinks that he's, he's had a good tournament I think on the basis of when he was on the pitch he was he, he was okay nothing special but typical Dylan Hartley solid performances I guess uh, for the 50 odd minutes or what, whatever he got never got over the hour mark I think that he's uh, he, he's clearly got the got the squad together behind the scenes and kind of instilled this winning mentality and he's Eddie Jones's man and you know Eddie Jones has put his arm around him and kind of you know those two are the the guys that are driving it all now so um, I think that yeah this time next year I don't think we're going to be talking about him as a as starting hooker for England and whether or not he's even in the squad obviously Eddie Jones took uh, Tommy Taylor as the third man, well, sorry, the 25th man or 24th man, whatever one he was. So I think that he's obviously going well at Wasps, top of the Premiership table in another Premiership final, Europe, all that kind of thing. Dylan Hartley can't even get into the Northampton side. So his his future, I think, while Eddie says it's safe at the moment, I think that's possibly only for the rest of this calendar year. The the, the, the comparison with Mike Brealey uh, is is great great line for the boys this morning, but it's just ridiculous. Uh, or if we were Welsh, we'd be comparing him with Steve James, of course. The, <laughs> the, the Brealey, the Brealey of, uh, of Welsh cricket. Who, who but, couldn't captain all that. <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, I, I know there are different types of hooker. I know there are different styles. But you compare the amount of time you actually saw Dylan with the amount of time you saw Girardo, uh, Rory Best, I thought played well on Sunday though I'm not his biggest fan Ken Owens at least you saw these guys in the game now Dylan may be a great scrummaging hooker but that you've got to do more than that and it just I'm just baffled by the incredible implacable loyalty I, I, I don't disagree 
he he does the basics well, but Jamie George can do the basics well. I mean, uh, hookers should be doing the basics well. Mm. Jamie George can do that. Luke Cowandicki, I don't think can yet, so he's probably about number four. But Jamie George and Tommy Taylor, you mentioned mm. Johnny, I think that they're ready to go. It's going to be fascinating to see what Warren Gatland does with this hooking berth, as you mentioned earlier. I've got I've, I've got an idea who who to pick. I mean, Ke- Ken Owens was the outstanding hooker in the in the Six Nations, I think. Mm. Um, I would agree. He's He's a little bit smaller. That that's the one worry. But uh, I suppose Dane Coles is not a massive man either, is he? Is, do you think if you're if you're Warren Gatland, do you do you take Dylan thinking he could be a really good influence as captain of your midweek team, or is he the sort of captain you'd have a better idea of this, Johnny? Than anyone else? Is he the sort of sort of guy that if you took him to New Zealand and he ended up as captain of the B team and wasn't getting much of a sniff at the A team, that that he wouldn't contribute? I mean, look at his role at Northampton. Actually, he does a lot behind the scenes at Northampton. Like I was just saying, you know, he, he can't even get in the team, but he does a lot with the squad and he organises a lot of things with the players and their families and all this kind of stuff. And uh, if you speak to the Northampton owner and chairman, they absolutely love the guy. Whereas Jim Mallander and Dorian West probably have uh, uh, differing opinions of him right now because they're not picking him. So um, I, I think he would. I think I think Hartley... <sighs> You look at it with what Warren Gatlin said about going to New Zealand and the fact that it was the culture and the things that I'll have to do turning up at these uh, uh, events and having to sing and all that kind of stuff. I think having a Kiwi in there could be uh, a good thing for the squad to be able to kind of, you know, let people know what is actually going to be happening. And, you know, he, he, he knows he knows the players, he knows uh, the, the, the cities, he knows the stadiums, he knows, the, you know, he knows everything about New Zealand. Um, so I... I think that's going to be a huge thing in his favour. Um, Slotty, I think it's a good point though about the midweek captain. So Ian McGeekin always goes on about that, doesn't he? That you need a good midweek captain on a on a Lions tour. I don't know Rory Best well enough, but but he but if he was to, to accept that you're not probably going to challenge for the for the Test team. Would he, be, would he be that right sort of personality? I don't know, but it's, it's something Gatlin's going to have to think about when he's selecting that side. He is. I think you've got to be a bit careful with that now. Don't forget, in, in the old days, you'd have a huge game on Saturday, then you played Joe Bloggs Country Bumpkins in, in, in midweek. <laughs> but actually, it's not. There are difficult games in midweek, which some sometimes are more difficult than Saturday games. Mm. So you've got, to be a bit, you've got to be a bit careful. I mean, the other thing is with Dylan, I agree with, with Johnny about, um, you know, he's a Kiwi, knows it all, but that can actually be really disadvantaged because he'll be pilloried from from pillar to post down there. They'll ask him all sorts of stuff about his dirty play and why did he desert. He'll be seen as a deserter. He'll be almost like a lightning rod that Alistair Campbell was in um, 2005. That was a lightning rod. (laughs) That is quite some statement. On to uh, to Wales. So right. you, look, you look back at the championship. Wales were three minutes and one dodgy kick away from beating England. Yeah, they were they were winning against France until the 99th minute. Yeah, you know, they, they were phenomenally they, close to coming second in this championship. Yeah, they hammered Scotland in the first half as well, and then went to pieces in the in the second half. Yeah. So so so, does this leave Howley? I mean, some people say, well, how it would be a PR disaster if Howley was made the Wales manager, uh, head coach. Uh, further down the line when Warren Gatlin eventually goes is he, is, is he really that far behind where he started? Yeah it's a, it's a difficult question I mean as ever in Wales it's hysterical um, yeah, Knives have been out for, for Rob Howley for for a long time basically since the first half performance against Australia in, in the autumn when they hmm. had a bit of a catastrophe didn't they um, his record is decent as you say they um, they did okay look they 
they haven't attacked well of late. I think that's the the bottom line. They didn't attack well again uh, against France. They're, I mean, their defence has has been brilliant. Probably, I, I don't know about tries conceded, but they're probably they were probably the best, weren't they? In the in the whole tournament, I'm not. They were certainly the best before before last weekend. What do they concede one there? I mean, you know, under Sean Edwards, the defence is brilliant. Um, they just had that shock against Scotland. Uh, the thing with Howley is, I mean, it, you know, that decision is not to be made until 2019, and a lot can happen between between now and then. Um, I, personally, I feel he gets a lot of undue stick, Rob Howley. Um, uh, he did bring in Alex King, didn't he, for the for the attack this this campaign so he wasn't necessarily solely in charge of the attack of the Welsh team and then the people, of people who've had a hand in trying to change the way that Wales attack is, is growing sort of uh, by yeah, every I mean, campaign I'll I tell you my view on it I, I think they struggle because they haven't got great ball carriers they don't get over the gain line like, like they used to when England have been at their best, Billy Vinopolo has been smashing over the gain line, and then the the other guys will come in behind him. They're, they'll clear people out, and then Ben Youngs and George Ford have, have got quick ball. You don't often see Wales getting that these days. They got it a bit against England, and that's probably their best performance. I totally agree with, with with Steve. I think the problem is not in the backs. I mean, people are talking about them backs in the World Cup. Well, they had about ten. Turn them out. Mm. Um, I, I slightly despair of the fact they've got great players who, who, who they're allowing to be mediocre. I mean, you've got Toby Falato, Luke Chartres on the on the bench, and you keep them there. Mm. I mean, no, okay, that may be a selection, but it is up to you as a coach to get them at a peak. Now, Toby Falato and Chartres are two of the great carriers. Falato was magnificent in 2013, and I totally agree with Steve. And one of the problems I've got with the Ken Owens in the front row is you can. Compare the the, the 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 number of instances you see Welsh front row forwards carrying the ball, and then you look at Furlong, McGrath, Best, who, who are on the ball all mm. the time. Yeah. They just do not have enough carriers, and there's no one mm. steaming the ball up. And then, of course, it's all you're all shoveling. What's the word? Shoveling manure. <laughs> behind, behind the sc- Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
scrum because he, because you're not on the front foot. Yeah, Jake, I mean Jake Ball played out of his skin against England and mm. did carry well, didn't he? But that, yeah. that was quite a, a, a lone instance. Mm. I think Faletel will definitely go on the Lions tour. I, th- I think he, I th- he'll be on the 23 if he's not starting. I get the yeah. rates are very highly. Yeah. Mm. All right. So o- overall, six nations. Which country, which nation do we think will be most happy, content with with their achievements over the last seven weeks? Because that's not hard to pick. As you said already, Steve, everyone would be slightly regretful. Johnny? What? France, maybe? <laughs> uh, you, you were dying to say Italy then, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, obviously, you'd obviously Ireland, Ireland bombed in that first game, Scotland against England, Wales... Yeah, you know what? Wales couldn't do it, get it over the line against England. England then couldn't do it against Ireland. Uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a tough one to answer. I think that, I mean, with with France, obviously they have shown a little bit of promise this year. They kind of stabilised things a little bit, but then they've kind of got that uh, charade of what they had at the end of that Wales game. So um, that's going to be a bit of dark cloud looming over them. I think with Scotland, they're obviously. I think they've got the. The greatest potential, obviously, with the with Vern Cotter now having finished and, and Gregor Townsend coming in for next year. I think, it, you know, all the talk this year was about yes, they're going to do it for Vern this year. They're going to do this, do that. Didn't manage it. Now the talk's going to be they're going to do it for Gregor next year. So I guess they're they're the ones who have kind of really got their, uh, you know, going to have their hearts on their sleeves and everything for the for the next year's campaign. And they've got to match it with their performances as well and actually threaten for the title instead of just kind of talking about it really Steve do you think anyone's feeling? actually happy or what's your... oh look the thing is you, you, no one's happy because uh, the, the good thing was from the spectators point of view that as some team would rise up then get their head chopped off and then they get then the, the winning team would lose the next game that, that was good look if in a bad in, in, in a season when where you didn't go as high as you wanted to you may as well be the team that won the trophy and England retained the trophy we know there's no Grand Slam nowhere remotely near it but it, it if you're in that situation, you might as well come away with something, and they did. Mm. Yeah, no, no one happy, as I, as I said earlier. Mm. I mean, I, I put a tweet out on Saturday night saying I, I still wasn't sure who the best team was in that tournament, and it got a, it got a lot of stick. I mean, that, is that a more relevant question? No, I, what, got, what, I got absolutely hammered on Twitter on Saturday night. I, I said, um, uh, in review, England were really good in one game out of, out of five, and I, I, apparently that was just, you know... No, but that's true, I didn't deserve it? to live after that. That's true. I mean, who who is the best team? Seriously, the the best individual performance was Ireland on on Sunday. They also right. gave a couple of you know when they were they were overpowered by Wales when they didn't weren't playing mm. too bad. But having so said that, I mean, know. if Henshaw had known the laws, they'd have beaten Wales, wouldn't they? Yeah, because they, they would have gone they would have gone over there. They, they, they'd have been in front. So many ifs. If Jonathan Davis had kicked into touch, well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> Highlights of the weekend. Um, uh, I'll kick off. On the um, Friday night of the uh, of the weekend, I went to the England under twenties game against Ireland under twenties to see that whether the England juniors did complete their Grand Slam. Uh, all right, all right, your exes will come, expenses will come through. We know you went. We know you went. We. <laughs> Thank you for that. It was a very long way away, and I had to get a flight and an expensive meal. Um, uh, aside from that, I had one of those one of those, uh, one of those um, moments where, where you, you see a young player and you think. Blimey, that is someone we're going to be talking about in years to come. The Ireland, um, Ireland fullback, a kid called Jordan Lama, 
watch out for him in the future. He will. Right. You will see him playing for Ireland in the next five years. Okay. Okay. Is that L A like a llama in the zoo or L A M A or what? L A R M O U R. Oh, Lamo, Lamour. Okay. Pronunciation. We can work that out later. Okay. Fine. Okay. Johnny. Um, I thought that I guess my highlight of the weekend would be watching Sexton get absolutely. Mullard and getting back up again, but no, not, no, I'm not saying it's good that he got Mullard every single time and all the all the tackles came flying in for him. I'm saying it's good that he actually got back up and didn't give it all the back chat that was so used to with him. I think he proved a point in that game. Um, Brilliant, I completely agree. And the the no back chat, no edge from him. I think that's now for me. He, he's definitely now the the Lions ten after seeing him do that. I enjoyed the final whistle of the uh, Ireland-England game because it was all over for a bit and we could get our lives back. But I actually, look, I just thought it was, great, it was a great Six Nations and I think my, my my most comforting moment was when we touched down at Heathrow after a dramatic battle against 75-mile-an-hour winds. <laughs> we, kept, we tried to go down on three runways, went round eight times, came down safely but that magnificent uh, British Airways captain so well done son because that was that was shaky <laughs> Jamo no I I absolutely love that Wales France extra time business uh, I mean it was chaotic but just watching it I mean you couldn't quite believe what was going on the the one point I'd make is I, I think referee Wayne Barnes was totally blameless I, I thought I thought he did brilliantly. I mean, he was uh, a ridiculous set of circumstances was was thrust upon him, and I I thought he did a, a decent job in the in the circumstances. Um, yeah, I mean, it just was incredible viewing. You just thought, you know, when it, the the bite thing comes, you know, the the HIA, whatever you know, whatever you think about that, then then Thomas Francis was he injured or was it a tactical substitution? I mean, it you just you, you couldn't believe it, and I was thinking, I, I want to watch Ireland England here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got to get on with it. I mean, they, they'll have to look at that in future, won't they? And maybe just uh, leave a bit longer between the, the it, it second. It was extraordinary th- sitting in the Aviva Stadium hearing an announcement. We're, we're postponing, we're delaying the start of the game while we wait to wait for Wales to finally. Tell you what, the only the only very very worrying thing is I agree with Steve about Wayne Barnes. I think Wayne got more right, with one exception possibly, and that was the touch judge said that there was a, a not ten yards for a for a. Oh yeah, when Pickham always took the quick tap. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. think that that they were and now that no. no yeah. Whether, I don't think churches should shout anything unless they're sure. Mm. What worries me is a lot of it has now been handed on to the Six Nations Committee. That lot who messed up the Marla thing, totally messed it up. Um, the, the, there's already a bite mark in George North's arm, and no one, there's no bite. Now they're going to sit down on the um, on the, the the what you said this morning in the paper is a worse worse uh, incident than Bloodgate, and I got no confidence in that lot to come up with anything remotely like the right decision the thing about the thing about that hia and the dodgy substitution is it's actually it's it's phenomenally hard to see how you can police that it just requires the integrity of people to yeah but i mean barn what what could barnes do i mean when when the doctor came on he couldn't say no he's staying on imagine if you know next scrummage he collapses but doesn't have to be verified by an independent doctor anyway so it's it's but he gets he gets independently verified when he's gone down the tunnel for his HIA, so the the decision to take him off was by the well, by the mm. not the Welsh, but by the French doctor. Mm. Do you know what the only reason we have replacements now, or the, the only reason we have so many, is that when you had to get the doctors okay to come off, the doctors were bent because they became team doctors and they totally mm. forgot yeah. all their oaths. Mm. And this this fool coming in now, Doctor 
Kildare's uh, French cousin running on the pitch. He's become as much a part of the team as the as, as the coach and the and the the, the bloke who sweeps the dressing rooms out. Okay, but, we're fi- we're finishing our Six Nations in disarray and and, <laughs> and, and unhappiness. <laughs> Our team in the tournament has been picked this week by Steve James, My and God. and okay. no one is allowed to agree with him. James, off you go. Okay, we'll start at number fifteen. I've picked Stuart Hogg, but I'm not. I'm you, not you were anti-Hoggy last time we it, saw you. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm not entirely I, sure about it. But I've gone I, in and out of that one as well. But I mean, him too. he attacked well, um, defended very poorly, but I I just think the others haven't mounted enough of a challenge to to take him out of that place. Please discuss. Hog for me. Johnny's yeah, absolutely. in. Absolutely. I'm in. Uh, and obviously, Steve, Steve, Steve absolutely loves not Stuart been Hogg as well. Stuart Hogg's fan during the Six Nations. You didn't even pick him he for your Lions. He scores 27 tries and he's not in. Look, uh, he didn't pick for your Lions squad. Has anyone ever seen a match in New Zealand? That's why I didn't pick him. I get all these. You say the attack by Twitter. This is like being savaged by a dead sheep. Who, who are you going to pick? Who are you going to pick? I could pick Scott, Scott Spedding. Yeah, but even France dropped him. Sorry? Even France well, I, dropped I him. I picked him on, the, on, on, on that one performance against I, England. No, no, yeah. he had a couple of good games. He was good against England, I'll give you that. But yeah, Scott okay. game is good as well, actually. Uh, wingers have gone for Tommy Seymour and Elliot Daly. The first half on Saturday, the chickens all came home to roost, didn't they? He didn't know where. Didn't know where I thought he, he was. showed some touches of class, though, and he got a bit more involved than Anthony Watson did. I, in that he game. had more. Com- he had composure, I thought. And that, day, ta- that, that, that time when he yeah. when he caught the ball just as it was going out, but flicked it flicked it back in, didn't he? Jumped up, flicked it back in, then booted it away. I thought oh, Delhi would be in my team, and, and so George North. Okay, sorry, George I, North. I, you yeah. ca- you can't pick George North after that Scotland game, though. That just discounts him. I I, I just think that he's finally he finally turned up. Yeah, I, I have it, it, after after being missing for yeah he'll be in the Lions side for, but for the last eighteen months or so he's he's, yeah. he's finally turned I up. I just have a problem with George North. I thought I thought he got better and and obviously found rediscovered his form against Ireland. But Ireland stuck a, a few uh, high balls over his head and he was pretty rubbish underneath them. And and the All Blacks will see that and think oh that's brilliant, won't they? Yeah, he played well against the All Blacks first Test mine last uh, last summer. And I think that yes, you, you need at yes, least one big winger. I mean, New Zealand will have one, at least one big winger, maybe, no, maybe two. No, you need at least two big wingers. <laughs> okay, well, there we you go. You need three big people in the, in the, in the okay. back three. So that's why you have to pick Northern. Yeah. All right, our centres. All right, okay, centres. Farrell, shoeing. You can't yeah, argue. I imagine with, you've got... You can't argue with that. Broad agreement there. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone, yes? I've gone with Joseph at 13, even though I've got big reservations there as well. I think he's a good front foot player, but uh, I think he went missing in Dublin. And I, I, I've never been a big fan of Gary Ringrose, but I thought he was excellent in Dublin on on Saturday. I, I went I went for Joseph as well, but it, it like you say, Ringrose in, in Dublin. There's a, obviously all the talk. He's an ex-Brian O'Driscoll. Um, <laughs> you've see, seen bits of it, but he's never kind of... Just he's a young, bits, I thought. He's, he's he a young player. He was, I, mean, I had Fiku as my 13. But, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Fiku's mine too, and Farrell. I, I, the one person disappointing me was Henshaw, because I, I looked at him very, very closely a few times, yeah. and I found him very one-dimensional. Ten, uh, Sexton. Agreed. Agreed. Nine. Wasn't sure about it, if I'm honest. Goodness, this is a good one. I've gone with Webb. Reese Webb, Wales. Is there anyone in, in your you three guys' team who's ever made a tackle? Reese Webb makes lots of tackles. Oh, all right, Reese yeah, Webb, yeah, 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 okay. okay. Yeah. Is Connor Murray not a good, good tackler? Is that no, a the thing about Reese Webb is he he gives away penalties, isn't he? And, and Irish people don't know how to give away penalties, so that's sort of. <laughs> I, do, I like the French come off as well. What's his name? Um, Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think he's classy. Uh, loose head, I've gone with Joe Marler. 
Uh, me too. E- even though I think Marco Vanapol is better, but he was obviously injured and only came came back in late. And I'd have Vanapol as my Lions loose head, but I've gone with Marla. And he also Marla written down here for me. So yeah, fair enough. Okay. At least you got one defender in the team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I've gone with Ken Owens. Again, I I'm I think not... I suspect your front row is is got got uh, across the board agreement. Have you gone? Have you gone? Marla Owens Fur- Furlong. Furlong. Yes, that's what I've got. No, I'm, I'm, I, Ken Owens is. Uh, it, they will have to have uh, finishers, as Eddie calls them. Ken, Ken is, is 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 you need someone to finger them in the scrum. You've got to have the biggest guy there. I don't know. I mean, so who's that then? Hartley. Um, George. Is he that big? George. Well, he's. He's bigger than Ken. I mean, Ken is... He's never started a test, has he? Ken's one of the guys no, who... he's got a record as well, If Ken it? Owens was th- two stone bigger, he'd be one of the greatest forwards. And also, you ask anyone from Gloucester about Richard Hibbard this year and tell me why he's not in the Welsh team. Mm, this I, I, I forgot I, this is the weekly Hibbard supporters No, club. it's not. You ask... Um, um, no, I'm not L- disputing it, but... I, you ask anyone at Gloucester, he's absolutely fantastic. I, I, I agree that Jamie George should, should be the starter um, in the test matches, but we're talking about the team of the tournament, and he's only, well, he's played 20 yeah, minutes, yeah. 25 minutes, so I also have Owen to. Okay. Right, our, our locks are? Uh, the English locks, Launch, Brian Laws. I went all English as well, actually. <clears throat> okay, well, I had Launch, Brian Laws as well. Back row, um, six and seven have gone with the Welsh boys, uh, Warburton and Tipperick. I, I've not been a big fan of Tipperick in the past, but I thought he had a very good tournament. Uh, I think he'll go on the Lions tour, but I think Warburton will be the, the Lions seven and he'll be captain. Um, and you're eight? I've gone with Pickamoles at eight. I've, I've definitely I've gone Pickamoles at eight. Uh, I've put Warburton at six and um, I, I've... Um, I couldn't. I just couldn't decide between Tipperick and uh, the Miss Frenchman, oh, the Frenchman okay. oh, Kevin Gordon. Gordon. Oh, okay. I thought he had a great championship as well. Okay, I put Stander in there for me at six. Yeah, Stander's interesting for the Lions, isn't he? I mean, he, I, he had a great championship. As Steve continually points out, and I watched him on Saturday, and I could not agree more. He 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 has a dimension, and not many more than that one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd say. Um, Sam Warburton himself will admit he's not a great carrier. That, that's why I don't think they'll consider Warburton at six for the Lions. I think they will need a carrier at six. And Stander is a carrier, but so is O'Brien. I wouldn't rule O'Brien out at, at six. But where Ireland struggled was they had both those guys in the back row. They're fantastic, big-hearted players, but yeah. both of them really restrict you. Yeah. OK, um, gents, Six Nations is done. We're now moving back uh, into the, the week-by-week uh, Premiership and European Club Rugby. So we'll just, we'll just, uh, just finish off this podcast talking about that. Uh, in particular, the news from, uh, from Leicester yesterday about their change of coach, head coach. Aaron Major is going to be uh, coach for Leicester on Saturday for the Northampton game, and then he will be on a plane back to New Zealand, and Matt O'Connor will replace him. Uh, uh, the, the Leicester players have been extraordinarily uh, firm in their um, uh, surprise that they they prepared to to vocalise and their support of Major. For for me, it seems extraordinary that you spend two years building a team around Aaron Major and recruiting ma- major players, and then you bring someone else in to coach them. It, it, it does this is this a positive move? Well, the players clearly don't think it is. <laughs> uh, Freddie Burns, Talisa Vianu, uh, Lachlan McCafferty. Uh, was there anyone else? I can't remember if there's anyone else. They all kind of said, what, what, "What's going on? You know, we're going in the right direction." Uh, Major's been 
brilliant, a breath of fresh air, the best training they've ever had at, at Tigers, a lot of them saying, and then all of a sudden he gets the bullet. And it, it's always hilarious that this, 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 uh, this worldwide search that Leicester have been doing has <laughs> uh, you know, ended up with a, a free agent who's been at the club before. It was, you know, it's remarkable. It was like uh, Harlequins when they had this worldwide search. We're going to scour the globe for uh, yeah. for the best man for the job. Then it turns three, out he's on our doorstep. Three, 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 three phone numbers in their phone. He's in the next room. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm staggered by it. And uh, when you see the Leicester fans, you know, in their hordes uh, attacking it, absolutely yeah. furious. I, I, well, I hope they've done the right thing. It's very, very, very odd indeed what, for me. What, what is Major's record since he... Since Cockle left, I mean, they they won a trophy on Sunday mm. for a start, hasn't mm. he? I, hasn't he won? Hasn't been great, though, has it? He, hasn't he it? Took, it took him what four 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 games at least to, to get a win, was it? Did it? Okay. Yeah, but uh, I think Johnny, they are they are on the verge of the, four, of the last four, aren't they? I they're mean, fifth they, at the moment. Are they, okay. Bath are going. Uh, yeah, that, that so. game at Twickenham is going to be a huge game, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. The, 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 the dismissal of Aaron Major has been so lacking in grace. You probably. As they're playing at Northampton, they they probably got him a taxi to East Midlands Airport to be can buzz off straight away. I think they'll put in a massive performance for him this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think, that, I think definitely. they'll win that. Well, they usually do in those games, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much indeed. Uh, that was the Ruck. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.